opportunity to come for before your throne and we come with confidence lord that you have invited us here and we're welcome in your presence we thank you lord for the fellowship of the holy spirit the presence of your spirit lord to abide with us lead us guide us validate things help us we are lost without you lord we thank you so much for this relationship we have with you and we understand lord how much you mean to us and how much we mean to you we thank you in jesus name amen praise god amen so i thought i'd talk a little bit about uh, the fact that this is a season of christian fellowship amen the season of christian fellowship uh it is a um a truth that is evident <clears throat> over and over and over again that uh, Christianity is a a relationship with God. It's a a way of life. Uh, it's a discipline, but it invites other people in. And if if no other season but the Christmas season allows us to understand that, you don't ever see anybody going up to anyone telling them they can't celebrate Christmas. Whether they're a Christian, whether they're a, a non-Christian, whatever, uh, nobody is excluded, and there is a reason for that. The the spirit, what what people commonly refer to as the spirit of Christmas, is the Holy Spirit. It's a real spirit, and uh, many people uh, experience it. They know that there's something different in the air. There's a change in the way people feel toward one another. Uh, stories have been written about <clears throat> the impact that the Christmas spirit has on people uh, and has had throughout the ages. Some of the more uh, famous ones uh, would be a, a Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens where uh, we he talked about good and evil and and how when people had done good in their lives you know that they um, what they did and and it gives the the story of a man a Scrooge who had come to the end of his life he thought and looked back on Christmases in the past and how he'd responded not so much to people but to the spirit of Christmas he had opportunities to be loving and giving and kind and cooperate with the spirit of Christmas but he failed to do it and he begged for an opportunity to change if he could and so he was granted that opportunity and to me that speaks volumes about the spirit of Christian fellowship where we participate with others we invite others in to the spirit of Christ to the spirit of giving and receiving to the spirit of joy uh, to the spirit of rejoicing and happiness no matter what your situation is uh, when Scrooge got a chance to look at Christmas future he saw where a little boy who was uh, uh, the son of one of his employees would not live to see a Christmas in the future uh, because he was already sick and so uh, he knew it was his time to give and I think that's important for people to understand you know give when when the opportunity presents itself always respond positively to the spirit of God because you don't know what the future holds you know 
specifically. We know what we believe we want in the future, but you just never know uh, what what will happen for sure. And so it's just good to understand that the spirit of Christian fellowship is upon the earth during this time. And whether people are in warm climates, cold climates, or the North Pole, South Pole, wherever they are, uh, this spirit visits the earth during this time. And it brings with it an understanding that God invites everybody to celebrate him and God wants everybody to be saved. If there's one thing you can get from understanding the spirit of Christian fellowship, it is in, in, in the season of Christian fellowship, it is that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for whosoever. So Jesus came for whosoever. So nobody's left out of the uh, spirit of Christian fellowship. And so... We know for a fact when we uh, have meetings, you don't know the background of people that come in. You don't know if they're saved or not. You know, you don't have to belong to a club to participate in what God's doing. Now, religion is a different story. Religion likes to exclude people. Religion likes to be exclusive. Uh, I was uh, thinking about it in, in our prayers, understanding that the spirit of liberalism itself is a religion. They have a set of beliefs, they have doctrine, they have rules, and they know how to enforce them. Uh, if you don't speak politically correct and you're not acceptable in their little club where they make the rules and all of that, you get uh, pointed out and you get condemned and name called and until you submit to what they are doing. And so uh, it, it, it's taken over as a religion, especially because um, people have removed God from so many things. I think it was, I'm trying to think which one of the communists, uh, might have been Karl Marx, said, first you take God away from them. And that's how you control groups of people. As long as you allow people the freedom of worship, you cannot control them. And so when you, amen. And so we know that people create their own freedom sometimes. You look at the persecuted nations, that those people have created their own freedom. Because the Son of God has set them free and they are free indeed. And so they find a way to be able to express their love for God. And so we in this country have to be careful of those things that we don't fall in line with it based on especially political uh, ideology because you see a lot of Christians crossing over now into liberalism more and more because they like a certain person or they like a certain doctrine or they like a certain candidate or they like a certain thing. And so we have to be careful to stay with God. He's not a doctrine. He's a person. He is not a a philosophy he's God and so when we understand Christian fellowship we know that it's inclusive in a sense and that everybody's invited in but you have to meet God's standards so everybody's invited in to the fellowship you're invited in to see what Christian life is all about see what we believe see what we think see how we celebrate our Lord and our Savior and then you can be invited in to participate fully through the new birth So the word uh, for fellowship is the Greek word koinonia and it really means a partnership. I I found it in my dictionary so I said let me read it.
it's uh, it's from the uh, root word koinonos, which means a sharer, someone who shares, an associate, or a companion. Or the word koinos, which means to be common or shared by all. Literally shared by all. Koinos can also mean defiled, unclean, and unholy. So when we talk about holy koinonia, we're talking about fellowship in the Holy Spirit. To have a kinship, have a commonality, to be shared by all or several. So the spirit of Christian fellowship is a spirit of sharing where nobody is excluded. And sometimes some of the exclusivity that we see in churches and in meetings and fellowships comes from the human side of gathering together. Oftentimes there is a human side to, to things where in, in it's kind of built in in people's heads. You know, it, it's hard to get people to understand how to just relate to one another and not try to get the upper hand or to uh, be more of this than a person and comparing one another. Uh, that's a, 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 a common human problem is that people can, can, they have to categorize everything and slot it in a slot and group things together and leave some things in and put some things out. Uh, I know someone, someone came to our meeting was asking if we took people out to dinner after church. If the ministers went to dinner, I said, no honey, we feed everybody. And they just looked at me like, you know, that's that's what they think of when they think of being in or, you know, bring a part of things. Uh, being a part means I've got to be in the group where everybody's included or, or where you exclude some people and you embrace others. And so I said, no, we have a, a fellowship dinner. I said, whenever we put food out, it's for everybody. We don't have certain people. We go places. If we go out to eat, everybody goes out. And so, you know, people just can't get this out of their heads about a hierarchy, uh, groups and, and, um, uh, People that are in and people that are out and all this kind of stuff. You know, we've, we've found ourselves in some very unique places, uh, following God. You know, just, um, uh, I remember when we took that, that trip to Washington DC and, uh, we, I, I had a, um, a membership at the Smithsonian, you know, 25 bucks a year. And you get a magazine and you do this and do that. And they said, oh, you know, you're, you're allowed to dine at any of the, the restaurants that are in, in any of the Smithsonian buildings. And so I thought, oh, nice. So I made the reservation and, and we walked in and had reservations and all these senators and pages and people like that were standing there waiting. Amen. Did you know that? Were you aware of that when you were there? Yeah, get clued in. Because, see, this is the favor of God. This is how you know who you are and what your place is. Now, I didn't demand that. I didn't tell God we have to have the best or we're, listen, 
Don't ever try and demand anything of God from God. If you're a child of God, you don't have to demand anything. You don't have to get in anybody's face. You don't have to go for bed. You don't have to do anything. You just have to state your position and not waver. But also you have to be a graceful person and understand how to receive the grace of God. And how to receive from God, you know, and I can tell some people were uncomfortable because, you know, we weren't expecting anything that wonderful. Even the guide that remember the girl with the umbrella, the tour guide that got on the bus with us every time we got on and off. And she said, well, you said lunch. I thought McDonald's. Everybody takes me to McDonald's or something. I've never eaten here before. She kept talking about it. And so, uh, you know, everything with fresh vegetables, bread lined all of all over everything and and it was just a wonderful wonderful experience if you know how to appreciate God's favor you know if you don't you'll be nervous and you know all that kind of stuff and play with your food or throw it around or whatever but you know I was very very grateful to be there and I realized what God had done for us uh you know and what he had done the lady in charge was so gracious and I sent a letter to her boss and I told her, I said, oh, I said, we're so thankful. I said, I got to send your boss a letter. She said, would you do that? I said, I sure will. And so I said, I believe he's going to do something good for you. And she was very thankful to be appreciated. So you need to know how to fellowship with people, how to be a part of things, how to partner in life. And we're all here doing the same thing. We're all trying to work and make a living. We're all trying to make ends meet or whatever it is that, that you think you're doing here but but learn how to be a part of things and this is part of christian fellowship is receiving hospitality receiving the big things and the small things now just as, as we can go in and get an elaborate something like that there have been times where i've gone places to preach and didn't get fed all day long because somebody didn't know what they were doing. But God told me accept the invitation anyway. You understand what I'm saying? And so you learn as you as you go you learn. You learn that that you can't demand the best of everything all the time. You can try, but but you won't be able to get it. There are going to be some things in obeying God that you won't have top drawer everything. But you'll learn how to appreciate the blessings that God gives you uh, when things aren't the best that they could be. And so I'll just, sometimes I'll just think, think, think to myself, I said, oh boy, God, look at here, here I am. I said, we feast and we famine, we feast and we famine. What are we going to do in the famine? We're going to praise God. Give me a bottle of water so I can praise God. But, uh, you know, uh, people just don't take care of things. They don't think things through, you know, uh, when they make plans and all of that. So um, my Bible says that if you're going to be a, a responsible overseer of God's people, you have first be given to hospitality. That's your first ministry. And if you don't know how to make people comfortable, uh, these people uh, leave comfortable homes where they have three meals a day and have everything they want. You have to at least provide that for them and allow them to know that they are taken care of so they don't have any wants and any needs when they're under your care so so it's always good to see what God does when we uh, allow ourselves to to reach out in Christian fellowship so really what we were partaking of that day as as God's people uh, we allowed others to partake of too 
And I think it was good for people who were there who were maybe not Christians. And I know that that they knew we were a church group because we prayed over our food and hopefully were well behaved. Uh, you know what I'm saying is just <laughs> sometimes it's right. Sometimes it's not so right. But but I do know everybody appreciated uh, what we had. Uh, you know, there's sometimes little you have little pockets of people that join the ministry and, and get come along in some things and they watch you you can always tell the ones who are watching you uh, because they want you to make a mistake so they'll have something to complain about and even the watcher complainer shut up that day you know their minds were blown as well and so sometimes God does those things to prove to people that he is with you you're not some kind of a uh, some kind of wannabe mistake or in over your head. Uh, we were able to pay our bill in full. Nobody had to be struggling and sweating at the cash register. In fact, you didn't even know there was a bill. And so we we have to understand that in Christian fellowship, we're to to live exemplary like that. Expect just ask God for what you need and allow him to provide to you and be gracious in receiving it and invite others into it and that's the way you do christian uh christian fellowship so the overflow in your life the things that you you have that you don't make use of or don't have immediate use for God has a purpose for those things and so Christian fellowship really means participating in life to the degree that you are overflow minded you're mindful of where the excess in your life is to be distributed and so that's part of being being participating in the things of God uh, the word koinonia also refers to a partnership participation in social intercourse or pecuniary benefaction pecunium you know what that is Miss Karen pecunia Latin means money yeah yeah it yeah, to um, to participate financially, to communicate, uh, to have communion, to distribute. So, really, when you think about it, the early church was a distribution center. Remember, they appointed deacons because people needed food, and the church was there to supply it. No questions asked, which was different from the temple because the, the leaders and the rulers in the temple got everything. Common people got very little. They got taken. And so, amen. And so uh, it also means to be a sharer. We said that an associate, a companion, partaker, a partner. It also means to, let me see what this one, to share with others. When Paul talked about I communicated with no other church but you, that meant he shared, he didn't give money to anybody but them. Amen. And so that was the word koinios was used in that, in that sense. Amen. So it, it just means to be shared by all. So Christian fellowship is really meant to be shared by all and there's no reason why we can't. Uh, churches can be exclusive or they can be inclusive. When I say inclusive, I don't mean you tolerate sin or tolerate wrongdoing, but you allow people to come in and get to know God and that's very, very important. 
So, uh, we need to understand that, um, we, we preach the gospel in order to have fellowship with others. That's the purpose of the gospel, is to bring many sons and daughters to God. In 1 John 1, if you'll go there, we'll talk a little bit about this fellowship that we have. He says here, in verse 3, that which we have seen and heard we declare unto you that you also may have fellowship with us. So John is saying we preach the gospel. We share the things that we know about God so that you can have fellowship with us. In other words, we need to start encouraging people into so that we can have common ground with them. You don't want to leave anybody out. The only way in is to communicate the things that you have seen and heard. In other words, what's God done for you? Has he helped you with anything? How's life since you got saved? How's life every day? Walking with God. Those are the things that John is talking about. He says we do it so that you may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father. And with his son Jesus Christ. So here John is laying out the foundation for Christian fellowship. Number one, the the people who are sharing must have fellowship with God the Father through his son Jesus Christ. Other than that, there's no point in in all of this because it's going to go uh, shipwreck. If it's not, if, if God the Father is not the center of it, you'll go shipwreck trying to have fellowship with people. Everybody runs out of patience with somebody. Everybody runs out of uh, desire to be around people. Everybody runs out. So your fellowship must be centered around God the Father and His Son Jesus Christ. When we started the ministry, I I would get complaints from people. I can't find my prayer partner. They won't pray with me. Well, I quit calling because they never call me back. And I said, well, have you prayed about? Well, they just have to call me. That's all. I do the calling all the time. So here we go. So as long as God is not the center of your fellowship, it's not going to work. So if you got to trace somebody all the time, he's not the center of it. And it's a limit to what. Anybody can do about that. You know, you must pray and you must ask God to change that person's heart. Let them see the light or something. You know, uh, it grieves me when I see people just quit praying because their pride won't let them humble themselves to one another. And just go and, and seek that person out for prayer because they need prayer. And they need God. and But you miss the whole point if you're always looking at, well, I called the last time and you never call and I didn't, you know, I, I can't get you and all this kind of stuff. Many times people will, will try to get control over situations. They just can't help themselves. So they make themselves unavailable. Or call me back in 10 minutes and it's two hours later and you haven't prayed yet. You understand? So those people are not fellowshipping in God the Father and His Son Jesus Christ. Because if God and Christ were the center of your life, you'd pray. Because you'll know what it, what God means when He gives you a task to do, you'll be sincere about getting it done. And so when people start to falter, they'll start to skip prayer, skip 
the meetings, skip, 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 skip. So you have a sense that God is not the center. They are dropped out of fellowship in a Christian sense. And so you have to just, you know, humbly approach them and ask them if they can recommit and get it right this time and quit being missing so much. You know, some people act like they count how many times they cannot do something. You know, and still, I mean, it's like it's a goal for them not to be consistent. And I feel sorry for them because many people are, are, you know, then on the flip side, God is not mocked, whatever you sow, you reap. They're looking for a blessing and they can't understand. Why can't I keep a job? Why can't I keep uh, this? And why can't I be happy all the time? Well, look at what you put into the essential things in life. So you have to see Christian fellowship as something that's mandated by God. You have to participate. God is a doer. He's got plans for you and he expects you to participate or you won't get the benefit of what he's planned for you to have. There is no partial participation. There is no trophy for just showing up. We have to participate fully in what God has for us. Amen. And so we preach the gospel in order to have fellowship with God and with others. Christianity provides godly fellowship. Amen. Participation is the idea that we have a part in what God is doing. You really have a part to play in this gospel story. You are essential. He has given you something important to do because he's involved in it. See, there's no more important people down here. We're not more important than one another. If your your ministry is 10,000 people or 10 million people, you're not more important than the person who's one-on-one with somebody. Amen? You're just not. You're You're essential because you play a part in something that God is doing down here on earth. And that's very, very important to keep in mind. I think if people could realize how important they are to God, get that straightened out first. And then you won't have to muscle people to try to show how important you are. You won't have to always compete with somebody to make sure they're treating you right or they're not overlooking you or they're not what a what a what a what a, you know. So if once we get that fellowship with God, then we can have fellowship with one another. You need to know one of the things Christian fellowship allows you to know is that you're not alone. When you get together with other people of like precious faith and you pray and you can share with them uh, answers to prayer and we can all get excited and encouraged about it, you realize you're not alone. Amen. You're a part of something. Amen. You need to know that you are necessary and expected. That's one of the things that Christian fellowship does for you. It lets you know you are necessary and expected. When I was involved in women's ministry, we would make out name tags for ladies who were coming. You know, we'd have them make reservations because we needed to know who was coming. You just don't throw it out there. And so as we, we got names from people, we had a secretary they could call, make reservations, word of mouth they would do it. And when they got there, there was a name tag, a tag with their name on it. And oftentimes we would have women that would just Add a scripture, you know, a chapter and verse reference 
to that we had to stop it uh, because people would get into condemning each other you know because uh, I asked one of the ladies one time I said well how do you choose a script she said well I just find ones that bless me and I want to say yeah when you're in a good mood you find some of them bad mood bless me people I'll tell you about that. I went to minister at one of them and some lady put some scripture on there warning me about woe to you Pharisees and all this kind of stuff. I almost jumped over that table. See, I was just a little bit saved at the time. I was saved and gifted, but not in good, you know. So I was going to let it go for a minute. And then I saw her looking at me to see the expression on my face. I said, where you get the scripture from? And she said, the spirit told me to uh, not apologize for anything. I said, you're lying. I said, God didn't tell you that. He didn't tell you to put this scripture on here. I said, I'm going to talk to your president. I said, she's going to remove you. I said, because people like you don't need to be an authority here. And she got removed. Because she had no business putting things like, why would you invite people in to condemn them? I don't care who they are. And she didn't hire me. She's not my boss. God is my boss. If I need straightening out, he'll straighten me out. Trust me. So let's, you know, let's get it together here. This crazy nonsense stuff. So, you know, and this is why many times things fall apart. Because when people are are organizing, sometimes they are so desperate for help. And they'll get people, you know, people who are all always there, always helpful. You need to let them people go take a chill pill, you know, until God talks to you. Because I'm telling you, that's the number one re- way that people who shouldn't be in positions get involved. Because they always want to help, you know. And so anyway, we need to know that we are necessary and expected. And we are loved and appreciated. And you learn that through fellowship. You, and fellowship is not everybody patting you on the back all the time and telling you how great you are. Fellowship is where you share in the things of God. God is always the intermediary in your discussion, in your interaction, and in everything that goes on. God is the intermediary. The Holy Spirit will tell you what's appropriate, what isn't, when to open your mouth, when to shut up. Amen. Fellowship with the Father means spending time in communion and partnership with God. God, what do you want me to do today? That's partnership. It's submission. He calls the shots and you follow through. It's not, God, let me tell you what I want to do now. Uh, you got to get this for me because I need it. And, yeah, uh, 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 uh. See, we partner with one another in Christ. Amen. And we become a part of something larger, something significant, and something eternal. When God's in charge of it and God is in the midst of it, it is very significant and it's eternal. So, Many times we'll get involved in things that, that we like doing or, or we enjoy, bring us happiness and, and all of that. But there are times when God wants us to just find our joy and our fellowship in Him. 
Amen. Uh, and it is sometimes it's a little tough because your flesh will be crying out for, you know, I, I want to go see a movie. I want to go to, I'm bored. Uh, get on board. Talk to God. You know, those are times where we need to just stretch out and, and start to worship God. Stretch out and start to praise Him. Uh, let some of the worldly attention go. And and see what God would do. Just try it once or twice. And see what God will do with some of that time where you think you have to be out and about. And, and doing all the things that you think are fun to do. You know, it, it, he'll give you a new fun, that's for sure. You know, pray about, well, God, we're getting ready to go to a movie. Find us somebody that we can minister to. Mm-hmm. Give that a try. Just put him in, insert him into something for a change instead of just wanting to have it all to yourself. So that selfishness is not a part of Christian fellowship. We are put here to be a part of a family, a Christian family here on earth, and we're connected with a Christian family in heaven. And so God has us a part of something very large, very significant, much bigger than what we are. And it's as a as a faithful partner with God, we have to find out what the duties of our partnership are from day to day. So there are certain things that God wants us to accomplish in a day. There are certain things that he gives you freedom to to go do one thing or another. I mean, you have all those options. But if you put him first, because he must come first, you have true fellowship with God through Jesus Christ. We know that there are people on this earth that don't know the Lord, don't, that are sick and all of those things. And so we need to endeavor to allow God to help us to share that knowledge of salvation, share the knowledge of healing, share the knowledge of truth with people. Um, that's got to come first. You know, when you step out of your door, what should be on your mind is God, show me somebody who needs to know you. Show me, I don't care where you're going. Show me somebody that, that needs to have some Christian fellowship. Let me share in this season of Christian fellowship and invite somebody into the things of God. You know, when we ask people, go up to people and ask if we can pray for them. We're just inviting them in to the things of God. We're inviting them to share Christian fellowship so that they can see, hey, this is how we live as people of God. We live free of, of, um, sickness. Poverty, whatever it is, we are a free people and we live free. So it's just good to always have that in your mind that you are a part of something and you go out to include other people in it. So it's a good Christian fellowship. Amen. You need to know that walking in the light is necessary for fellowship with God and one another. Don't get involved with people who do naughty things and want to whisper to you behind the pastor's back. You know, I can tell you people that that just have hell in them sometimes and think it's cute. They don't want to get rid of it. And they suffer for it, you know. You don't want to go down with their little ship. You're trying to keep yourself afloat. 
So, you know, if they're doing things they shouldn't be doing, tell them, don't tell me. I'm going to pray for you. If you want me to pray for you, you quit doing it. That's cool. But don't start telling me that like it's something to brag about. Amen. So he says, these things, verse 4, these things I write to you that your joy may be full. Fullness of joy comes in fellowshipping with God the Father and his son Jesus Christ. He says in verse 5, this is then is a message which we have heard from him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with God and walk in darkness, we lie and we don't tell the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Amen. So when you have fellowship with God, you walk in light and not darkness. That's why a lot of times there are Christian people who will shun you. Because they say, well, I can't say certain things around them because you know how they are. Mm -hmm. You know how they are. Yeah, I know how I are. I are in love with Jesus and not with sin anymore. I gave that up when I got saved. You got me? I like being how I are. Huh? So he says the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth isn't in us. So you don't need to even go there. Don't even try to pretend like you don't do anything wrong. Just own it. Embrace it, confess it, repent, ask God to help you to quit doing it. Do God help me do better? Yeah, that's all you have to say, and He'll do it. We want to do better. No, but sometimes we want to watch other people's faults and, and command they do better instead of taking care of ourselves. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's, see, this is, we're talking about fellowship now. When you fellowship with God, you fellowship in truth. Amen. Truth is that, that you are to take care of your own. You're to work out your own salvation. You can't work mine out for me and I can't work yours out for you. As a pastor, I can help you and I can lead you. I can bring you some understanding and things like that. However, I can't live for you. Amen? I can't. And so it's it's just people need correction too. When they start disrupting the peace and the harmony and the, the fellowship, then then they need to be put on the right track again. You got me? And that's how we manage our Christian fellowship. You can't do it by tolerating sin. You just can't do it. Because then God leaves. And he leaves, the whole thing breaks down. So it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. So what's the big deal? I mean, if you confess, there's no big deal. All you get is forgiven. Isn't that wonderful? Well, some people think it is. I don't know. The rest of y'all go to sleep then. But you know what I'm saying. It's between you and God. Nobody has to know all your faults. Nobody has to know all your business. Nobody has to know all your weaknesses and what you did that you're ashamed of. You go to God with that. Amen. He's faithful and just to forgive you and not blast it out to everybody. He cleanses you from all unrighteousness. So look forward to the cleansing. 
Look forward to that as you confess. And let God do his job. He knows what he's doing with us. Amen. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. So we have to stay with truth, folks. We have to stay with it is what it is. So we got to work with it. But God has a way for us to work with it to his glory. So the fullness of joy is part of fellowship. He wants us not to be partially joyful or joyful while we're around uh, good people and then we got to go home. It's all boring and dull and uh, I got to clean up. I gotta, you know. You're supposed to take him with you so that you stay in his joy. Amen. So in com- fellowship with God is the fullness of joy. Amen. Uh, you see things differently. When you have fellowship with God, you start walking in the light. You start seeing yourself as somebody. You see yourself as God sees you. He doesn't think we're bad people. Did you know that? He really doesn't. He loves us. Amen. And he's going to help. He's got a problem. He's got a program to help you overcome everything that hinders your fellowship with him. So, you know, but sin breaks fellowship with God and with man. See, pretty soon people get sick of you. Amen. Fellowship is an incentive really not to sin. See, if you want to, it's like, uh, you know, when I was uh, in in high school and college, I didn't date anybody because I wasn't looking to get married then. You understand what I'm saying? And so, you know, sometimes girls would make up these little phrases. Well, you got to have a J-O-B if you want to be with me. You understand what I'm saying? So there's a there's a an incentive for certain company. You got me? You'll see men go through, jump through hoops to get the one. You got me? This, she pretty. Paul, I gotta, I gotta hit her over the head and bring her home, drag her home forever. Where are we gonna hide her? You know. But, but you will see people go through, they want to find out what you desire from them so that they can have fellowship with you. There's not only men, but women too. You know, everybody jumps through hoops and tries to change so that person would like them more. Or, you know, that's, that's, that's part of fellowship. So there are conditions for all relationships, conditions for fellowship with God. And that is you must walk in the light. You can't be afraid to have your darkness exposed. And when it's exposed, you confess it. And you know, then he cleanses you. He's faithful and just to cleanse you. He doesn't make you wait for 10 years to feel better about yourself. You got me? It's not God doing that. It's the devil making you think it's so bad. So we have to understand that, that as we walk in the light, we participate with God. Amen. Philippians 3.10 tells us fellowshipping with Christ also means fellowshipping in his sufferings. And the sufferings of Christ really are are being divorced from the world. That's the biggest one. You're not really you're not on the cross, you know, in real life. You are as far as certain desires and things that aren't good for you. But if you desire fellowship with God and you continue to walk in the light, you hardly know that you're not 
doing certain things that you used to think you like doing. Amen. He says, Paul says he wants to be found in Christ, not having his own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteous, which is the light. Which is of God by faith, that they may know him, the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable to his death. So what Paul is saying is there's a death that we all have to face in order to have Christian fellowship. See, if if I am going to have fellowship with Mr. Gary, then I have to die to certain things that I might like to do instead of getting along with him you understand what i'm saying and so if if i'm going to have fellowship with miss karen there are certain things that i have to die to in order to get along with her you understand we all have to do it don't ever look at yourself as i did i make all the sacrifices and yada 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 it's not true it's not true at all it's never true it's never true. Sometimes God calls upon you just to live that life with him and to walk with him. You're not giving anything to people. You're walking with God. You're fellowshipping in the sufferings of Christ. He didn't have his own way. He laid down all of his royalty and all of his uh ability to call the shots. And he humbled himself to the Father. That's all we do. We lay down our ability to to lord it all over people or to say no all the time or to make people walk on eggshells when we come around. All that nonsense. We lay that down so that we can have true fellowship with God. If God says go do this, then you go do it. If God says walk an extra mile with this person, then even though you know they're going to mess up and he does too, you go do it. You understand my, what I'm saying? And and you do it because that's what Christ would do. What would Jesus do? Something you wouldn't think of doing. Amen. And something you can't do without him helping you to do it. So, you know, we answered that question. But Christian, the, the spirit of Christian fellowship is real. And it's very, very prevalent this time of year where God wants people to remember his son. When you remember Jesus, you invite everybody into salvation, to the blessings of God, to relief from, from daily sufferings, all of those things you invite people in. Amen. Alright, Father, thank you for your word and for giving us understanding of all good things. We bless you, we praise you, and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. So anybody want prayer? We'll get prayer. Other than that, we're dismissed it.